Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 38 of Revelation chapter 21. We're continuing to look at the statement that the Lord makes in verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. And we have spent a little time uh, looking at the Bible's teaching of two nations. All throughout the history of the world, the way God views the human race is there are two nations, the nations of them which are saved and the nations of the world. The unsaved, typified by Jacob and Esau. And uh, in our last study, we had gone to Matthew chapter 25, and here in this parable that Jesus gives, we read of the end of the world and Let's take a look at what God says, beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And it goes on uh, in a very interesting way in this parable, but um, we're just going to look at these verses. And what we notice is the Son of Man coming in his glory, and we'll, we'll go to a couple of scriptures that'll show that's Judgment Day. And then Christ is upon the throne of his glory, which would be the Judgment Throne, And before him are gathered all nations or all Gentiles. And we know that those that come before him are the nations of them which are saved and the nations of the world. Because he separates them one from another. So he's taking the sheep and he's putting them to his right and he's taking the goats and putting them to the left. The sheep are the nations of them that are saved. The goats represent the nations of the world. There is a separation process that is going on in the day of judgment. In the day of judgment. Now, first, let's show that uh, that's what time is in view. Uh, As it says again in verse 31, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him. We find a similar statement in the Gospel of Mark. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 38, the last verse of that chapter. It says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh 
in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, what uh, point in time is this speaking of? Where Christ is indicating, if if you're ashamed of the Bible, the teachings of the Bible, I'll be ashamed of you when Christ comes in the glory of his Father and the holy angels. Well, uh, obviously, it's the time of the end, the time of the final judgment of mankind. Actually, if we go back to Matthew, in Matthew chapter 24, we know verse 29 tells us of the events that take place immediately after the tribulation. The sun is dark. The moon doesn't give its light. But then notice in verse 30 of Matthew 24, and and again, before we read it, when did the tribulation conclude? May 21, 2011 was the 23rd year of a 23-year tribulation, the 8400th day, and the tribulation ended and judgment day began. So what we read here applies to this time period that we're presently in. We're in those days after the tribulation. And it says in verse 30, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The Son of Man coming in glory. Then in verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Christ comes in his glory with the holy angels. We we have both in view in these scriptures in Matthew 24. And by the way, the holy angels are the holy messengers. We know from other Bible verses that Christ comes with ten thousands of his saints. Well, the saints are the same as the holy angels. Actually, the word holy is closely related to saint. That's what it means to be a saint, to be made holy, purified, and cleansed from sin. And to be an angel or a messenger of God, all God's people are messengers. Christ is the chief messenger. So Christ comes with his saints, is is the equivalent of the the Lord Jesus comes with the holy angels. It's saying the exact same thing. Now, uh, let's also go to Psalm 102. Psalm 102, and in verse 15 and 16. So the heathen shall fear the name of Jehovah, and all the kings of the earth thy glory, when Jehovah shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. That's an important verse because it's telling us when Christ will come in his glory. Notice it says when. It's indicating a time. When Jehovah shall build up Zion. And Zion is another name for Jerusalem. We're reading and have been reading in Revelation 21 about 
Jerusalem, the holy city, made up of the elect. And it's a finished city. God built it all through time, all through history. And this verse in Psalm 102, verse 16, is letting it be known. When Jehovah shall build up Zion, or Jerusalem, he shall appear in his glory. That is, once the house is finished, as with Solomon's temple, then what's what's the next thing that happens? The Ark of the Covenant enters in. The glory of the Lord goes into the temple. Once God saved the last of his elect, which occurred prior to May 21, 2011, before the judgment day of the world came, God finished his evangelization of the earth. He saved the last one whose name was recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. He built up Zion. He he built the holy city. God is the builder and maker of it. And then at that point, he appears in his glory. Him and all the holy angels. Christ comes with ten thousands of his saints because ten thousands points to the completeness of the saints. The, the judgment has been that God has saved everyone to be saved and therefore there is uh, no more that can be saved. And God has used this fact to shut the door of heaven, to put out the light of the gospel. And and so, in a very real way, he has come with all of the saints that he has ever saved, uh, from Abel to Zacharias, or from the first one saved in this world to the last one saved. And, and then he appears in his glory. And that's what we're reading in Matthew 25. In this parable, in verse 31 again, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. That is, it's judgment day. Uh, remember how God portrays himself in Revelation 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. The throne of judgment. The judgment throne of God is established. Christ is seated upon it, ruling with a rod of iron. And then the next thing happens in verse 32. And before him shall be gathered all Gentiles, all nations. And now we're very much familiar with that because we've been looking at many verses where God uses the same Greek word ethnos. He is gathering everyone together and a separation will take place because... And it's not a separation of Americans go here and Chinese go there and uh, Canadians over here. God doesn't separate the nations that way. He separates them into two groups, to the group of sheep and the group of goats, to 
the group on the right and the group on the left. Two nations. Just as he said to Rebecca, two nations are in thy womb. Two manner of people, saved and unsaved, elect and those not elect. And and that's what God is doing. But what ought to really make us stop and think is that verse 31 of Matthew 25, Jesus just laid out his coming, his coming in judgment. And the next thing he talks about is uh, judging uh, the the people of the world and in in the sense of separating them to saved and unsaved, which means when Christ comes in the day of judgment, what does it mean? You think about it. What does it mean if sheep and goats are before him? What does that mean? The the sheep, of course, are God's saved people. There, there's just many Bible verses we could go to that show that God likens his people to sheep. For instance, in Ezekiel 36, the end of verse 37, I will increase them with men like a flock, as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am Jehovah. The sheep are people. They're, they're people that God has saved, and, and he is their shepherd. Jehovah is my shepherd, Psalm 23 says, I shall not want. He's the shepherd only of his people. And this is another confirmation that God is giving us that as we have understood, uh, as, as, uh, we were forced to understand due to the circumstances of remaining on the earth after judgment began on May 21, 2011. We went back to the Bible and we looked with fresh eyes because the Bible continued to insist that that date was the beginning of judgment day, but we had always thought we would be raptured away. We would be taken out of the world and, and have no experience with that judgment except to be on the other side, like God would be the judge and we would be the jury. But not before him, not remaining on the earth, and, and yet once we start looking, we see it's all over the place. That's what God meant in First Thessalonians chapter 4. They which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. The the elect left on the earth. It's what God had in view in Zechariah 13. That he would bring the third part through the fire. It's what God had in, in view in Revelation 14. Where he's speaking of judgment day. Uh, he's, he's describing it with awful language. Uh, in verse 10. The wine of the wrath of God. Verse 11. The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. They have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image. And whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. 
the saints, the holy angels, uh, which are one and the same, are, are present. Why would God speak of pouring out his wrath and then suddenly make mention of the saints and their patience? And then following that, he goes right back in uh, the, the next verses to describe more outpouring of his wrath. Because it has always been God's plan to judge the quick and the dead. The quick is a word for the living. And the quick refers to God's elect. They all appear before him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I I really would recommend and encourage uh, anyone who's listening to this to read 2 Corinthians 5 and take careful consideration of the uh, plural pronoun we. The plural pronoun we is used again and again repeatedly throughout the chapter and in every instance it refers to God's elect. For instance, uh, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Or um, back in verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Every instance we is used, it's it has the elect in view. And then in verse 10, here's what, what it says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. God's going to um, look at those that are before him in the day of judgment and evaluate. He'll determine, have you done good or have you done bad or evil? And what what do we find with the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25's parable? That again, in verse 32, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. And, and then he sets the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then God goes on to tell us um, of the good works of the sheep and the bad works of the goats. I was naked, ye clothed me, he says of the sheep. I was hungry, ye fed me, and so on. And conversely, I was naked, and you did not clothe me, he says to the goats. Hungry, you did not feed me. Good works versus bad works, but of course, all viewed in the light of the work of Christ, the saving work that Jesus did for the sheep, and and that is what justifies them in God's sight. And the lack of Christ's work, the lack of Christ's faith in uh, in performing the good work of uh, the atoning work of dying for the goats. Jesus then died for them. And that's why their evil deeds are seen. But both are 
discussed. Both are evaluated. You know, a judge, a judge, we, we tend to think of God the judge and we think the judge punishes. God the judge punishes in the day of judgment. But really, the judge is called a judge because he must make a determination. He must make the decision, is this man guilty or is he innocent? Is this man good or bad? Is this man uh, someone who I will bring into holy heaven? Or is this someone that will go away into everlasting punishment? And that is to be annihilated. That's the judgment that God judges in the day of judgment where we are right now. We're presently going through and have been the prolonged judgment process. And what has God been judging? Yes, he shut the door of heaven. He ended his salvation program. And yes, he's been severely trying his elect. But at the same time, he's going about the business of determining which he already knows, we know that, but he wants to make it known, to reveal it. That's why we were appearing. That word is the same as when Christ um, made manifest the, the things he did in his demonstration on the cross. He made manifest the things done from the foundation of the world. And that's the same Greek word that we must all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ. Well, here, uh, God is going to finally determine who, who the sheep are and who the goats are. And isn't that something that we, we have a parable um, that, that starts with Christ coming in his glory with the holy angels, that starts a judgment day. Then were shown the process of judgment, Christ upon the throne and all the nations before him. And and then there is a separation that God is performing, placing one nation to the left, another nation to the right. And, and yet we find the language or the reference made to sheep. Sheep in the day of judgment. Does that uh, remind us of anything? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because when we read John 21 and we saw that there was a great catch of fish and, and we correctly understood that great catch of fish to tie into the great multitude that came out of great tribulation. And the great tribulation concluded... On May 21, 2011, transitioning to Judgment Day. Transitioning to what we're reading of in this parable of Matthew 25. And after the great catch of fish, Jesus says to Peter three times, Lovest thou me, Peter? And Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Three times feed the sheep, the saved, the elect. But after the great catch of fish, there's no more fishing to be done. 
That is, no more evangelization to find um, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's all accomplished. But it's it's as though Jesus is saying, it's judgment day. I'm the judge seated upon the throne. I will set my sheep on the right. And while I'm going about this business of judging the nations and separating the nations, you and, and to the child of God, you, you and, and all of your task is to feed the sheep that I place over here. Feed the sheep that are set on my right hand. And that's why they're uh, set on the right, because the Bible often speaks of Christ at the right hand of God. The right hand of God, therefore, is a place of grace and mercy, of salvation. And the sheep are set on the right, and and the command is uh, declared, feed the sheep. Feed, And we do that by teaching the truths of the Bible. That's what feeds the sheep. And in verse 33, uh, again, it says, And he shall set the sheep on his right hand. The Greek word translated as set is Strong's number 2476. It's the word that's often translated as stand. It's translated as stand in some very significant places in related to Judgment Day. But here... Uh, Christ stands the sheep on the right. And remember the question concerning stand is asked about Judgment Day in Revelation 6.17. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? That's the question that uh, that God is asking. And the answer is, the one that Christ stands as as we read in Romans 14 it says in verse 4 who art thou that judges another man's servant to his own master he standeth or falleth yea he shall be holden up for God is able to make him stand and this is what Jesus has done he stands the sheep on the right and they, they therefore are the saved because they're at the right hand of God and, um, they're equipped because they're saved with the armor of salvation. As it says in Ephesians 6, verse 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and it said withstand in the King James, but it's the same word as stand, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and, and so on. And then it speaks of all the various pieces of armor that all point to the Lord Jesus Christ and his salvation. This is uh, what God does for his sheep that causes them to stand. In Luke chapter 21, in the chapter dealing with the Great Tribulation, the end of the world, 
It says in verse 34, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man, which is the identical picture that we're given in this parable when Christ, the Son of Man, comes in his glory with the holy angels. Before him are gathered all nations, and he separates them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he shall stand the sheep on his right hand. Before him, they will stand therefore before him, and and that means they will endure to the end. The ungodly, Psalm 1 tells us, shall not stand in the judgment. The goats are not said to stand. The same word is not used of the goats, just of the sheep. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.